0: Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Continuum. This is John Elliott. This is Patrick Riccardi. And this week we're doing Nick Drake versus Bell and Sebastian. So we chose uh, for the Nick Drake. We're doing "Brighter Later" from 1970, and Bell and Sebastian. If you're feeling sinister, really the only Bell and Sebastian you would expect somebody to do if they're going to pick one album, I feel like.
1: Yeah, because they had so many EPs that have good stuff, but not many albums. When yeah, they were first coming out.
0: Yeah, this is their strongest album by a mile. Um, but Nick Drake. So Nick Drake was a uh, kind of folky. Singer-songwriter dude from the late 60s, early 70s, and uh, his records sold jack shit at the time, um, but he's one of those who's been like discovered later. Uh, but he ended up... Uh, he died really young at 26. Um, they say they're not sure if it was suicide or not. It was an overdose of some kind of...
1: Pill. Antidepressants.
0: Antidepressants, yeah. Um, but anyway... At least he died really happy. He's super happy, happier than he'd ever been. Um, Yeah, I don't know about that either because, like, 1970s antidepressants, like, I don't even know what the hell those were, but they probably had uh, all kinds of crazy side effects, like you turn into a chicken or something. Um, And that's a good side effect. I think, basically, 1970s antidepressants were sugar pills with strychnine. I think that probably, I don't even remember what the name of the drug was he took. It was probably, like... Just something like a Valium or something, you know? Something like mm-hmm. that. Vicodin, some kind of painkiller. Um, but anyway, yeah, he did die happy. Uh, and he did not live happy. But this is... I'm, I'm not yeah, like... I, go ahead. Uh, as far as Nick Drake, you say... I mean, uh, well, obviously
1: he was not big when he was alive. He, he sold like 2,000 records of this. this, And this is probably his most popular at the time. Uh, what... what Came out to make him popular. Is there any single artist who said this? Nick Drake is awesome, and he was popular, and he brought him out after he died, or is it just kind of slowly came into the the consciousness?
0: I think it was slow. I think um, Volkswagen used the song Pink Moon in one of their commercials, like in two thousand. But you know that was kind of late in the day. I think before that, it was just mostly like, you know, musicians, indie musicians or hip musicians who discovered him, you know, and mm. and uh, talked him up. But I don't think there was any like specific big thing that did it. Um, okay.
1: That makes sense.
0: Yeah. But it's kind of like Velvet Underground, but he was dead, so he didn't even get to enjoy being... Nope. Yeah, he didn't get to enjoy like Lou Reed or Alex Chilton, you know, the uh, the late acceptance of his early work. Um, but even when he was alive, he was he, he was kind of accepted by a uh, compatriot,
1: like uh, I think John Cale was a producer. Yeah, yeah. He was working with with big people, and I guess not everybody liked him, but at least he wasn't like a un, un, totally undiscovered. He was just undiscovered by the public when he was alive.
0: Yeah, the cool the cool kids liked him, but uh, there were not that many cool kids uh, around at the time. I guess. Yeah, he. It's weird because when you listen to it, especially when you think about like some of the folk stuff that was around at that time, it's it's weird that it didn't catch on because it's definitely as good if not better than a lot of that crap. I mean, I'd much rather listen to this than some shit like American Pie or or uh, you know, Jim Croce time in a bottle all that. All that's <laughs> terrible stuff.
1: Do you th- but I mean, maybe that's because you've heard time in a bottle about 3 million times or Oh, you- I
0: hated that within the oh, first okay. two notes of hearing okay. it. Okay. I this uh I, well this is also a lot more English. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, but it's got like, he's got a lot of kind of lush production touches and stuff on it. And, uh, you know, Not... s- strings and everything that I really like, but go ahead. Writer
1: later has that, but I don't think the, the early album. Has First that. one
0: didn't know it, it was more straight on guitar acoustic
1: and his voice. But right. yeah, this has a lot of jazzy touches and, and, and strings and more than just him, which, and it sounds fantastic.
0: Yeah, I it's uh you can see why he got rediscovered. Um but it's also uh really catchy and I I'm not usually like I said a fan of necessarily singer-songwriters or or folk rock um too much, but but I really like this stuff. I mean, the reason we chose this and Bell and Sebastian is because you can definitely hear the influence of him on Bell and Sebastian, I think. Yeah, I think so too. And he, he even down to the the uh, manner of singing, mm-hmm. um, which was not you know he was definitely not a uh, balls out singer. He was very reserved, but I I like his voice a lot. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's very pretty. I and, I don't understand. I from what I've read on Wikipedia and other places that other folk folk fans didn't like him because there wasn't enough car choruses in his song, and I don't really understand what that difference is would that would make but that's why he wasn't even big in the folk arena
0: yeah that that, i mean that's just dumb um but i I think also it was it was different than the folk that was going around then i mean this this is kind of i don't know i guess all the folk music at the time was kind of fey and stuff but this was i mean some of the music here is kind of you know i don't know madrigal-ish you know and and it's got I don't know. It's very. It is very British, specifically. I feel like. Um, just like in, there was another group that uh, Richard Thompson. I don't know if you know him. He came out of uh, Fairport Convention, which was another one that was not not big at the time. They were like mm-hmm. late sixties. Um, of
1: course, he's one of the Thompson twins.
0: Yes, yes. One of one of the Thompson twins, and the other one. I think he's the fourth one. Uh, yeah, the black one. Mm-hmm. The the uh, yeah. Never mind. I'm not going to go off on trying to list Thompson's I was going to say Leah Thompson but that was all I could come up with um but yeah so so I think it was just it was not the right time maybe for this too because I think you know at this point late 60s early 70s the trend in music was like towards heavy shit Mm -hmm. you know Led Zeppelin Black Sabbath all that um butt rock that came out you know in the early 70s is ACDC early 70s or is that at the end of the 70s 74 Okay, so but right, but not right really. Yeah, not really like an international thing until later in the seventies. So. Oh,
1: okay. They're but, Australian.
0: Yeah, yeah. But that I mean, still that kind of rock was what was big then. You know, the harder, kind of dumber stuff. But uh, well, you wanna you wanna just go right into a song instead of trying to uh, describe his music. Sure. I think this is this is my favorite song on the album um it's called hazy jane 2 which strangely comes before hazy jane 1 in the in the track listing but uh it's it's pretty cool so have a listen
2: The books and all the records of your lifetime What will happen in the morning When the world gets so crowded That you can't look out the window in the morning And now that the family is part of a chain take off your high shade start over.
0: I think if you're going
1: to tell someone listen to Nick Drake, you just give them this song. and This gives you everything you need to know about Nick Drake.
0: Yeah, it's, I agree.
1: It's uh, it's really beautiful. It has all kinds of instruments going on. It it's it's fun. Yeah,
0: and it's got kind of almost like almost Spanish style horns to it. Huh. I don't know. Uh, that's what I. It, that's what it brings to mind to me anyway. Um, but yeah, really cool instrumentation. Good. Uh, good vocals and i i actually don't really pay too much attention to his lyrics but i mean the it is the songs are repetitive enough like i don't know why that that charge was leveled at him for not like having enough choruses or whatever it's not like they're big labyrinthine songs where nothing follows what came before you know they're pretty basic let me read the quote because it's kind of a funny quote He, he he was it was after an
1: appearance in uh in uh oh uh Birmingham, I guess, in, in, in England, and uh, the, the guy said the folkies did not take to him. They wanted songs with choruses. They completely missed the point. He didn't say a word the entire evening. It was actually quite painful to watch. I don't know what the audience expected. I mean, they must have known they weren't going to get Sea santies and sing-alongs at a Nick Drake gig.
0: I just, I like thinking that they were expecting a sing-along. Yeah, like like some Pete Seeger type folk thing or something. <laughs> yeah, which wasn't even. I mean, at that at this point in history, that's not what anybody was doing. Maybe like Peter Paul and Mary or something, but yeah, that's that's weird. I it's mean, funny
1: that uh, I I mean I don't know a lot about the the history of folk music, but a lot of that I hear is angry people that are angry about people who were were formerly popular folk musicians trying to do something different. Like, isn't there a large, wasn't there a a, a, a big a throwback? I mean, a, a, a blowback against come, Dylan. Bl- against Dylan, yeah, it's yeah the same but, kind of thing. People. I guess they really like the music and they don't want any change.
0: Yeah, I mean, for something that espouses such uh, progressive ideals, the they're really conservative about what they believe people can do with the music. You know, it's got to be very regimented. And but you see that you see that in all kinds of stuff. I mean, a a lot of uh, very liberal or supposedly liberal people did the same thing with like punk and hardcore. You know, you can't you can't start doing this. It's not then it's not, you know, what we think of as punk or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Or I,
1: Miles Davis going
0: electric. Well, with Miles Davis going electric, I think it was more that the music kind of sucked. <laughs> um. But yeah, Nick Drake. I mean, yeah, I I would imagine he was not a uh, a compelling presence on stage. From from what I heard, like from his about his last album um, and he only made three albums uh, his last album the recording session he was like super withdrawn even in the studio yeah and in between takes he was monosyllabic and yeah yeah it, the medicine wasn't working basically right and and who knows how severe uh, obviously the depression was pretty severe and then um, you couple that with with the, with the
1: the supposedly constant pot use and the su- suspected use of heroin just he might not have been all there by the time
0: the third album came out yeah but for a uh, for a heroin addict, this this album is uh, surprisingly strong. Actually, I, I would say kids, if you wanna if you wanna make some inspirational music, maybe try heroin because uh, it worked for John Lennon, worked for Grant Hart for a little while, and uh, apparently it worked for Nick Drake, worked for Charlie Parker, J- definitely. Char- oh yeah, Jesus Christ. Hey, was Dizzy Gillespie ever into heroin? Do you know? Not that I know of. Because he, I mean, he and Parker kind of came up together and were, you know. If he was, it wasn't like Charlie Parker was into heroin. Yeah. Well, nobody was like Charlie Parker. <laughs> maybe, maybe, uh, uh, Billie Holiday, but she lasted longer. Um, yeah. I, the, I, man, I think we've like covered Nick Drake. So maybe we should just move on to the next song. Um, uh what was the what was the next song that so things first one of these things first which i really like it's more of a i mean it's not it's not just him and guitar but it's more in that vein like a just a softer uh Mm -hmm. you know more intimate recording but uh let's let's have a listen one of these things first
2: could have been a sailor, could have been a cook A real life lover, could have been a book I could have been a signpost, could have been a clock As simple as a kettle, steady as a rock I could be here and now. I would be, I should be, but I how? I could have
0: one we're gonna play one more song from the album um that you picked which the I, poor I also... boy and I, I wanted to play that just to talk about the fact that how much how 70s it sounds
1: a lot of nick drake is it sounds like first for me folk music doesn't really have a time it's just it's, it's kind just, of yeah. timeless yeah but the poor boy definitely they have the background singers they have a, a, a kind of a jazz soundtrack that goes all the way through it's it's very nice but it's definitely of its time
0: it is, yeah, but but it's still a really good song. Yeah, I like the jazz no, the, elements yeah, I... in it, and yeah, yeah. Um, again, impressive instrumentation. Yeah, it's who knows. I mean, it's hard to say what. Like with Big Star, I could see, you know, who we talked about um, on a previous episode. I can kind of see why maybe they weren't that big. I mean, it, it also kind of didn't fit with what was going on at the time, um, and. And there was a lot of disjointedness to the songs, especially by the time you get to the third album, Sister Lovers. That was just, you know, that wasn't very marketable. But, uh, but this stuff all sounds, for that time, like it it could have been hits to me. I'm wondering if it's also
1: the fact that he didn't have a good stage presence, so he wasn't selling himself as well as other artists could have. Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, and today that wouldn't be as big of a deal because a lot of the times. I don't think stage presence matters as much for for artists today, as far as I can tell, but... Well, no, I mean, there
0: are artists today that just go up and and hit buttons on their keyboards, uh, on their computer keyboards, literally. Like, they're not doing anything but, you know, doing live remixes and shit, so... Yeah, it's not as much an issue today, but yeah, back then, I I guess uh, live performance was a big selling point. I like to do that, go on stage and just keep hitting F1. Oh, you go with F1, I go with F6. Well, that's where we differ. Well, we should maybe tour together, have... and, and it'll be kind of discordant.
1: Oh, I thought we'd have a keyboard battle. We and could. After my last F1, I'll drop
0: the keyboard and walk away. That would be uh... as the winner. Yeah, I I understood your your meaning there. Now, yeah, I think we need more of that. You're not seeing a lot of uh, a lot of hip hop stuff live anymore with the dropping the mic, you know so yeah I think, I think that's a good thing look for us on tour and uh, while we come up with our dates here listen to Poor Boy
2: Never sing for my supper I never have my neighbor Never do My fashion share of labor I'm a poor boy And I'm a rover Count your coins And throw them over my shoulder I may grow older Nobody knows How cold it grows And nobody sees I'll shake in my knees Nobody cares I'll steep my stairs And nobody smiles If you cross the
0: Okay, um, kind of Spe- a short section, but sorry, Sp- what we you gonna say.
1: Speaking of rap battles, there's this—I think they're like a couple years old—but there's a series of YouTube videos that are parody rap battles, and there's this guy, Sean Ryan or something like that, and it's these, <laughs> these stupid rap battles where the the one guy does his rap and he keep he just kind of talks, and then after each each stanza, he says, "I'm not a rapper," and when he's done, the entire crowd just cheers like. Like, he's the best thing that ever happened, and it's so stupid that it's funny. And the final one, I don't know, I
0: guess Chris Rock watched them and thought they were pretty good, because the final one, Chris Rock is on it. Wait, I don't, alright, I'm maybe misunderstanding the concept. So they do these rap battles in front of an audience, but they pretend it's, like it's real, but he's actually just fucking with people? Is that what it is? Yeah, it's not a real audience.
1: It's on YouTube. And oh, there's got like, it. there's these kids, they're like at a, at a playground, and there's a bunch of kids there. And they start off, and it's a real thing, and the guy's like, the, uh... The MC introduces both guys, and he doesn't say anything about the other guy barely, but the, the winner, the, the, who's foregone conclusion is a winner, he says a lot about. And by the end of the, the stupid rap battle, the all the backers for the first guy are on the other guy's team. Just, and all he's doing is, is making stupid rhymes like, I have my pancakes with syrup. And then just falls back as everyone catches him, and, and he looks at the camera and says, I'm not a rapper. Huh.
0: I miss I miss so much stuff on the internet. I mean, I I don't know how people I, find all this shit. Um, I don't know how I, I I just came across it, and I think it's like five. What? Pat? Okay. Uh, technical difficulties. I think the last thing you said was five, but I don't remember what it was in reference to at this point.
1: Oh, I was just talking about that rap battle parody artist. He. It must be pretty old because I I looked up the guy, and he was he had a he had a contract with chris rock to do a comedy central special and something happened and so his his in the past six months his twitter feed filled up with how much chris rock is a fake so just things didn't go well i guess
0: well that's a good way to burn your bridges by uh insulting chris rock although come to think of it what has chris rock even done lately he
1: was in uh that uh grown-ups movie
0: Oh, dear god. Yeah, like I said, what has he done lately?
1: Uh, <laughs> I like Adam Sandler's movies most of the time, and I think Adam Sandler's in those. I I can't even watch that.
0: Yeah, I I do not like Adam Sandler's movies uh most of the time. Really? Did you watch that Jack and Jill?
1: No. I, there's a lot of them I missed. The ones I've seen, I mostly like I like uh the, the what's the one where he goes back to Billy Madison's funny and
0: We well, get Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore and then after that it's kind of
1: I like I the ones he does with Drew Barrymore, too. Wedding Singer I enjoyed and Fifty First Date, So I will see the movie that's coming out this summer with Drew
0: Barrymore. Oh, yeah. It's another one. Another whatever happened to you. I think uh, she just does lots of popular movies and you don't watch them. That could be. But my feeling is she hasn't really done much of anything. I think you're right. I think maybe
1: she had kids or something because she, she hasn't been anything in a while. She I think the last thing
0: I remember was the roller derby. Movie. What, oh right, yeah. Did. Oh, speaking of which, uh, Ellen Page came out. I guess that's old news by now. Yeah, I was surprised by how, how upset people were about that. Like people, not
1: upset, but people were like, "Well, obviously, why does she even have to come out?" Well. You have to come out to make it so it's okay for other non famous people to talk about it.
0: I yeah, I, I mean I guess I have the worst gaydar ever because I I wasn't obvious to me, but Me neither. But if if it's obvious to other people that's that's fine. I just don't think why they have to be so angry that she came out. Yeah, I, I don't see how it's ever a bad thing. No.
1: And she and her little her little speech. Her speech was very nice that she that she came out with. Did you watch it? I did, yeah. I thought it was nice.
0: Yeah, I yeah. What the hell's your problem, everybody?
1: I've only seen her in one movie, so I don't know much about her. I saw her in The Inception. That's I think that's it.
0: Yeah, I saw her in Inception. I saw I saw that terrible movie with Rain Wilson as a superhero.
1: That was terrible. I've heard good
0: things. That's uh, too... I, uh, decide for yourself. I thought it was pretty shitty. Um, then again, I didn't even like Kick Ass that much. So, and I know people yeah, love I... that.
1: Kick-Ass is much different than that, right? I thought oh, Kick-Ass yeah. Was, okay.
0: It is, yeah. Uh, but they're both kind of dark superhero movies, you know? I mean, not dark like Batman, but uh, actually
1: dark. Right. But Super is more like an indie comedy, from what I understand. It's not an actual superhero movie. Kick-Ass is a, is a superhero movie. Yeah,
0: no, that's true. I mean, it's it's about a just a dude who's kind of deluded and and okay. in comic books who decides to don a costume but I wonder why they decided to have rain rain Wilson
1: in a role like that it's such a it's it's so different than what he's used to doing
0: yeah I don't know it didn't it didn't work for me but I mean watch it for yourself I just yeah I thought it was a failure but uh, speaking of movies I should mention uh, I won't mention any names uh, but we did get some some screeners for the uh, Academy Awards. Yeah, uh, for our consideration. For for our consideration. So I guess we'll have to do a an Academy Awards uh, like pre. I don't even know when that damn show is. I guess we should watch them before and do a like a bonus app on it.
1: We could do a bonus app, and I we've talked about doing a, an episode with with one of the movies at least. So we'll say. Yeah, yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, so the guy who directed uh, Super uh, to go back to that for a second before we hit Bell and Sebastian is. Uh, also, the guy who's directing Gardens of the Galaxy, which is a movie coming out this summer, the latest, or will be the late, will be another Marvel Studios movie, and the latest trailer for it came out, and it looks, it looks like it's going to be really fun.
0: Yeah, Chris Pratt, mm-hmm. uh, a raccoon, right? Yeah, Rocket Raccoon, played by Bradley Cooper, a walking tree. I, uh, I'm not familiar with those characters. I don't know if it was like something that I just didn't pay attention to when it was out when I was reading comics, or if it came after I got out of comics which was probably around 84 i stopped
1: i'm not sure either i'm not sure when it came i, I know it's it's not a book i ever read
0: yeah I, I probably if it was around i probably thought it was like some kids thing that i wasn't interested in
1: but it's it's the uh, the trailer i saw was a lot of fun so I'm, I'm looking forward to that it doesn't look like a typical marvel comic book movie it looks more like a space
0: fun movie like just it's less yeah. superhero well, more space stuff which is neat a little, well Marvel's doing much better with their shit than DC is. Yeah, it's much. I, I, every every news story I hear about uh, Superman versus
1: Batman or whatever the next Superman movie is going to be called, it makes me less confident about it. I want to give it a chance. I didn't like the first one, the the Man of, Man of Steel, but and I didn't. I don't really care for Ben Affleck as Batman, but he can maybe wake it, make it work, but. I don't know. They just—they're jamming so many characters into the movie. I just don't know how well it's going to work. There's Wonder Woman in a Superman movie before they make a Wonder Woman movie, which doesn't make sense to me, but maybe it'll work.
0: Yeah, i, I don't. I mean, are people clamoring for a Wonder Woman movie? That's the—that's the thing with DC comics. Like, I—I I don't know. You know, we've talked about it before. To me, they were always the—the kind of old guard mm-hmm. stuff, kind of stuck in the past, and like the characters weren't that appealing. Like Superman was so one note, and. Uh, and Wonder Woman was just kind of boring. You know, there was none of the uh, moral ambiguity to the DC universe when I was reading comics. I guess it was starting to change a bit. Um, Batman was definitely the most interesting. I think they still have trouble with Superman. It's a very difficult
1: character. When it first came out, his powers weren't as strong, but it was still they had him. He had this guy with superhuman powers who was stopping muggers, and that doesn't really work. So they they added the a whole mist, uh, not mystical. The whole u- universal, like space battles and stuff, and that makes the character work a little bit better because he's almost a god. It's just, I think it's just hard. He's too big to to have any conflict in the story.
0: Yeah, there. Well, and there's no inner conflict with him. Really. Oh, that's
1: true too. Yeah, he's very, very white bred.
0: Yeah, and and I feel kind of the same way about Wonder Woman. Though I never, to my knowledge, read Wonder Woman comics. So I think of what. I, I,
1: I think I'd agree with this. A lot of people have a problem with the fact that every single comic book movie main character is a man and you have you have this character who's been famous and popular for decades and why not give her a chance in her own movie with Wonder Woman?
0: Oh, I and, totally agree with that. Yeah. I, I
1: mean, Wonder Woman as a character was was the first to have really a, a pop culture show that worked with this Linda Carter 1970s Wonder Woman and they never really have gone back to it.
0: No, that's true. And it's not like Marvel... Uh treats its women characters much better like uh, in the avengers what's her name scarlett johansson the black widow basically did nothing i mean she right was, yeah. she wasn't even she might as well not even been there i guess in x-men they they do a little more with storm and stuff but but and that's not a marvel studios movie i mean not that that matters
1: but you know marvel makes their own movies and the x-men movies aren't a part of that oh no shit yeah, the X-Men and Spider-Man are owned by different – and uh, Fantastic Four owned by uh, different – not owned, but their rights for film are owned by different companies. So uh, Sony does S- Spider-Man, and Fox does – I think it's Fox – does X-Men yeah, and the Fantastic Fox. Four. And then Marvel Studios owns everything else.
0: Well, I think they're doing a new Fantastic Four, too.
1: Yeah, Fox is doing it. Oh, uh, I think Michael B. Jordan is playing um, – what's the character's name? The brother uh, – Johnny Storm, Human Torch. Yeah, Johnny Storm.
0: I don't know who that actor is.
1: I think he's the guy that was in Parenthood, which is not going to tell you anything. Uh, okay. Yeah.
0: Oh well, well, I mean, that's the. I guess that's the good thing about superhero movies is that. Um, oh, he played Wallace on The Wire.
3: Oh, that, Wallace! That
0: no shit. Language, oh, so. awesome. Oh, that's. Oh, so they're having a black Human Torch. Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be all black cast, but a black Human Torch. Oh, that's cool. Um, I, I guess the good thing about these movies is that the first two... Didn't they make two Fantastic Four movies? Yeah. They suck so hard you can just do a reboot. I mean, like, yeah. just like they did with the Hulk. Well, is Iron Man Marvel Studios? Yes. the Everybody from the Avengers is Marvel Studios. So okay. most of the ones
1: that you think, or maybe you don't think, but most people think are good were made by Marvel Studios. Like the 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 non-Dog uh, Hulk Hulk movie was Marvel Studios and Iron Man and Captain America. All those are Marvel Studios. All right. But well, uh, the Fantastic Four, I think they're going to the version of Fantastic Four, not from the 1960s comic books, but from the reboot that was a couple of years ago. The So I think the characters are a lot younger. So I don't think Reed Richards is going to have the, the, the gray hair, the awesome haircut. Yeah. Unless the experiment does it to him. I think it's a young guy playing him. Who's playing the thing? Do you know? No, I, I think it's a skinny guy though.
0: Uh, that doesn't make any sense.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, they can CGI
0: anything. Well, this is uh, this is way off track from uh, Nick Drake. Yeah, yeah. I guess uh, I, I, I,
1: do you want to take a break before we talk about Bell and Sebastian, or do you?
0: Yeah, let's let's. Why not? Yeah. The people yeah. the people are asking for these breaks, so I know I most we, people most we owe it people. to them. Yeah. yeah. So let's take a break.
2: We had a comrade, a brave comrade He could talk for whole days But then he tried to be a hero Tried talking about Shamiro To computers wearing earphones oh. He almost died from conversation Hallucinations
1: Time and, patience, but the best
0: and we're back! Hey, everybody, with uh, a moderately more exciting record musically. Uh, Bell and it feels Sebastian. like a new show coming back after that long break, doesn't it? It's it feels like a whole new a whole new world out there. I had minor surgery. I, I just I just took a really long dump. Same thing. Yeah, in a way, it is minor surgery, um, extremely minor. So, Bell and Sebastian, if you're feeling sinister, did we see Bell and Sebastian together, Pat, in Berkeley? Yes, we saw them in Berkeley. We're there. Okay, I couldn't remember. Yeah, I've seen them a bunch. I actually flew to New York to see them on my birthday one year. That's awesome. Um,
1: that time we saw them in Berkeley, I saw them in Berkeley, and then I went down and, with David, saw them
0: in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, that... And the which one was better? Well, the Berkeley show was really good. They got the people up on stage dancing.
1: Yeah, I think they were both good in different ways. The Berkeley show was great because, as always, they were really funny on stage and they got people up on stage. But the uh, the, the the LA show they did uh, "Video Killed the Rock as their cover
0: song at the end of the show, and that was awesome. The radio star. Video killed the radio star. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, the the first time I saw him was two 2000- thousand. I don't know if it was two thousand or two thousand one, but it was the first time they came to America, and uh, I saw them at the Warfield in San Francisco. I saw them both nights, but the first night they came out, um, first song they did was uh, "Leader of the Pack," and uh, <laughs> Stuart Murdoch came out on stage on a motorcycle. <laughs> they're um, they're a, a fun
1: band and they're but they're different in ways that are hard to quantify
0: yeah well from listening to their albums you wouldn't think it would be a great live show yes Uh, it's
1: so it's so laid back but the show is awesome
0: yeah they're really good and funny and also that first show um there were people like shouting out requests from the audience and and some guy shouted out uh the boy with the thorn in his side by the smiths and and Stuart Murdoch was like well all right you come up and sing it then and the dude, dude came up on stage and sang it um yeah, they're really fun live, and he dances a lot. Like, it's, he's, it's very high energy, really, really different than what you would expect from listening to the to the records.
1: Yeah, you listen to the records, and you it's really kind of slow. Not depressing, but slow. Mellow, yeah. And mellow, mellow, yeah. But the, the live show is, is definitely dancey. Everyone's moving around, on stage and in the audience. And I, I saw him, uh, I think at some point, he it seemed like he had a, got an attitude about playing in clubs. He didn't want to do it anymore. So when they were doing, what's it called that big show down near San Diego, the Coachella, biggest, Coachella, they they were doing Coachella. I went down to see them in San Diego at this huge like arena, not arena, not not arena like a football stadium, but, yeah, but, but the kind of place where that you'd see a play, like the big play for the city. And it, it, he he seemed so happy to be playing that kind of place where people are sitting down. It's like this is where he where he wants to be in his career. It just it
0: was kind of funny how he was talking about it. Yeah, I well I could I could totally see that i I mean I hate going to those big arena shows where or you know festivals yeah I, yeah I would refuse to do that I don't because really,
1: I, I don't think you get a good show out of it you just get a half a show and then the next
0: act too, you might not like right and Although, it's so
1: expensive it's just not worth
0: it yeah this, I just I can't stand being around all those people the sound is so shitty you know it's yeah it's crowded and and miserable the whole time you're not getting a good experience um, but this year at Coachella, they have uh, the replacements and Outkast, you know, reformed to play on the same day. I was seriously considering going, but I, I knew I've seen the replacements and and I know overall I just wouldn't enjoy the experience. So. Yeah. Well, you might enjoy the camping. Oh, God, my least favorite thing to do in, on the planet. <laughs> um, I usually don't like
1: outdoor shows, but I, uh, this summer I saw Bell and Sebastian at, in Philadelphia. The, I think it's called the Manor. I forget what it's called, but it's this outdoor outdoor arena out in West Philly. And it was it was awesome. They were really good as usual. And as you came in it came in, and I think this was something not Bell and Sebastian, but Bell and Sebastian got a big kick out of it, something that they did the this venue does for their summer concerts. They gave out this baseball card and the front has the band on it and the back has all their statistics, which you know, albums they've done, that kind of thing. And, and uh, Stuart Stuart got a hold of one and just he's like, This is the
0: coolest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> That and is then, pretty uh, cool. I mean that's cooler than the posters at the Fillmore.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's different. But uh Philadelphia used to have I don't know if they still have it, but it used to be a monthly or weekly show where there was Bell and Sebastian dance party at some some club in Philly and he was talking about that. He's like, I can't believe you use my music to dance to. Them. I'm so impressed though. So he he went into a real dancing number and it was it was fun.
0: Yeah, I remember after we saw him in Berkeley, which was an which is another good outdoor theater, the Greek theater in Berkeley, probably, mm-hmm. probably the yeah. only one I'll, I'll go to, although I've never been to the Hollywood Bowl. I'd like to check that out. I hear it's pretty cool. Um, after that show, they, I think the bass player, one of them was going to go DJ at this little club in Oakland. and um, oh, That's cool. Yeah, down the street from us. They mentioned it on stage, but we drove by and it was like lines around the block, of course. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's what happens when you mention it on
0: stage. But anyway, yeah, I think uh, I think a lot of people, you know, think Bell and Sebastian—they're like, oh, they're that's like they're kind of pussies and you know they're they're really mellow and they're sad and whiny or whatever, uh, which is the same thing a lot of people thought about the Smiths back in the day. But which I think is a good uh, reference point for Bell and Sebastian because I think they're they're kind of similar to the Smiths in a lot of ways. Um, but if you know, I think you miss out on a lot if. If you just write them off that way, especially um, after seeing them live, but I think if you most a lot of the Smiths music, if you listen to it in the bathtub, you're probably going to kill kill yourself.
1: If you listen to Bell and Sebastian in the bathtub, you probably just make more bubbles.
0: Yeah, that no, that's true. Um, They're not they're not nearly as depressing as I think people seem to think they are, just because they're not totally rocking, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, But this, yeah, this is my favorite. I will admit. as a music geek, I did not get into them uh, when this album came out. I didn't hear about them until the the following album, "The Boy with the Arab Strap." That was the first I heard of uh, Bell and Sebastian.
1: Yeah, I'm way after that. I I heard about them when they're actually not popular anymore, <laughs> as popular as they could get, which right. I, th- I think is a shame. I think everyone should like them because I don't think there's anything but be- every every. It's everything about their songs are good, so I don't understand why everyone doesn't love Bell and Sebastian.
0: Yeah, they're well again like The Smiths. I think great lyrics, mm-hmm. um, all kinds of lyrics too. There, there's some lyrics that are kind of you
1: can't understand what they're saying, like not what they're singing, but what they're trying to say. But there's other lyrics to tell fun stories.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you know they can be uh, bitchy, just like The Smiths, and and uh, and also emotional. Um, and and this is the album to start with if you. If you are not a Bell and Sebastian fan,
1: the thing about Bell and Sebastian compared to Nick Drake, like Nick Drake, I think of well, you can say he's from that folk time period. With Bell and Sebastian, they're kind of of themselves. There's not really anybody at the time that said, "Oh, this is like Bell and Sebastian." That came after or before. They're just kind of their own thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's obviously they have they have a much wider range of influences than Nick Drake. Um, mm-hmm. You know, aside from the Smiths, they have you know Orange Juice and uh, sixties pop and Mm -hmm. just, yeah, yeah. Love all, all over the place. Um, which is, which is a more modern thing anyway. I think everybody's, you know, especially with the internet now. Um, I mean, these guys were, were very early days of the internet when they first came out, but they obviously had like really big record collections.
1: Yeah. Before
0: that. Now, you know, you can, you can pick and choose pretty much everything from, from all of recorded history and, and a lot of bands, you know, do that. Um, but these were—they started just a bit before that. All the inter- music on the internet, so they were um, music geeks mm-hmm. from way back, um, and you can tell from listening to them and the, and singing in the concert. Because when you request stuff, they know everything. They kn- yep. They'll they'll play it. They played uh, they played Billy Jean at one concert I saw them at. Um, yeah, yeah. No, they're they're great.
1: Um, and the the just the. I mean, we talked about Nick Drake having different instruments in there's, uh, his songs, but I think Don Sebastian tops that. They have a lot going on. Oh, they yeah, for sure on everything. I mean, once in a while they'll have just an acoustic, just I mean, just a voice and a guitar. But most of the time it's just you got strings over here, you got horns over there, and it's just it's in your face and it's
0: awesome. It is, and I I remember they played uh, Legal Man, I think at the first show I saw him, <laughs> and they they had a bunch of people, a bunch of the people just playing different percussion instruments, going <laughs> crazy. It was, yeah, they're they're great but i guess we should uh play a song for people um to give them an idea if they don't know and uh so this is this is my first pick um second song on the album seeing other people uh here you go
4: The other boys are queuing up behind us A hand over my mouth A hand over the window Well if I remain passive and you just want to cuddle Then we should be okay and we won't get in a muddle Seeing other people at least That's what we say we're doing So how are you feeling? I don't think you could be very well you take a lover for a dirty week and that's okay when it's over you are looking at the working week through the eyes of the gigolo whoa,
0: whoa. yeah so so that song um i don't know it's catchy it's kind of depressive i guess in a way but not really. Um, no, yeah, and it tells a story—a little, a little bit of a story. It's uh, really the the language
1: is evocative. I mean, it just—it's—it describes things exactly. You know exactly what he's talking about.
0: Yeah, very good lyrics, and and kind of uh, some gender confusion there. I think at some yeah. point, and uh, so which is another Smiths thing. Um, but yeah, just good mellow, catchy shit. Um, I really like the piano in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't really know what else to say. Uh, Which reminds me of another Bell and Sebastian
1: live story when they did the Peanuts music.
0: Oh, yeah. I I mean, I have a recording of them uh, playing that. That's awesome. But I've never seen them do it live. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, Do you... So, do you know what you want to do for your first pick?
1: Uh, Let's do Me and
0: the Major. Okay, which is the next next song song. on the album. Um, So... Anything you want to say about it before we listen or
1: oh it's just a, i like it because it's so upbeat but also because it tells this interesting story about his, his ride on the was it the train or the bus with this this guy who doesn't really see eye to eye with him yeah and uh
0: some cool uh harmonica and stuff
1: yes it? and it, yeah it starts off just it, so
3: fast
0: waylon it's, yeah all right well uh here's me in the major
4: But oh, no, there's too much desperate, Too much biography between us Me and the major don't see eye to eye on me Number of things he'll take a guy like me Oh yeah, me and the major don't see eye to eye on me Number of things he'll take a guy like me And put him in the army Cause the twins on army makes him happy He doesn't understand and he doesn't try He knows there's something missing all
0: right and another thing uh about live versus record is like on record his voice sounds kind of subdued and and maybe uh, not very strong but when you see him sing live it's really it's really impressive. I think. I think so too. You don't expect to to have such a strong voice, and he really he does. Yeah, he he really does. Um, all right. Um, I guess we'll we'll keep plowing along. Uh, uh, my next pick is also the next song after "Me and the Major," um, like Dylan in the movies. And here's a taste.
4: Man, like a long walk home When the music stops Take it to on me it to the park When you're on your own It's a long walk home Well, if they follow you Don't look back
0: Your money, that after, boy, you. so that one uh obviously shows their music geek roots talking about uh don't look back the bob dylan movie um but but it's not really about that i mean it's just, no, that's, it's just that's just, just a reference point yeah for hipsters um
1: but when I first heard the song I I didn't really refer think of Bob Dylan I just thought I was just trying to think of who Dylan in the movies could
0: be I was trying to think of an actor I was like James Dean no wait <laughs> Yeah it's uh it's just really I mean you can tell just from listening the lyrics are very clever and uh that's a good that's a good like Sunday Sunday morning song I feel like you can like drink some coffee and look out the window and listen to that it's nice but also you know there's there's like a knife edge to it as well yeah
1: i i think that's what's great about them they have the the mellow sound but there's always that edge to it
0: yeah yeah um and we'll do one more song uh that you can pick and what do you want to go with pat
1: get me away from here i'm dying which i think is probably my favorite song on this album and uh, for a couple reasons it just the sound of it's great but it also has a great line or is this the one with the great line the nobody writes something like they used to so it may as well be me i love that and uh it's just fine in the at the final moment i cried i always cried endings yeah yeah just great lines in it just fun song and it also reminds me of when we saw him in berkeley and he tells this long story about going to get a massage in, in berkeley because that's what he likes to do in scotland and then it turns into like a sexual misogyny (laughs) and he's like and then he goes into this he's like and that's all all I'm thinking about is and he starts into the song Get Me Away From Here I'm Dying yeah (laughs) hilarious
0: so let's let's listen to Pat's favorite song Get Me Away From Here I'm Dying
4: oh get me away from here I'm dying play me a song to set me free nobody writes them like they used to so it may as well being. Now on a bus. Think of it this way: you could either be successful or be us. With our winning smiles and our hearts, with our catchy tunes or words. Now we're photogenic, you know we don't stand a chance. little down with some old story, about yeah, a boy who's just like me. Thought there was love in everything and everyone. yet so naive. They always reach a sorry ending. They always get it in the end. Still it was worth it as I turned the pages solemnly and then, with a winning smile, the boy with naivety succeed at the final moment I cried always and
0: Yeah, that's a good one. I, I I think my favorite on the album is seeing other people, but you know, it's all it's it's good. It's hard me. to choose. It's it depends on what day. Yeah. Um, Fox in the Snow is maybe a little too funereal the pace for yeah. me. Um, probably my least favorite. I I wasn't too impressed for a while with uh, the last song Judy and the Dream of Horses but that was the one they did live yes, where everybody got life. up on stage and danced and it was it, it like totally opened that song up to me I think some of them aren't good the first listen
1: like Stars of Track and Field The Boy Done Wrong Again and The Fox in the Snow take a few listens for me to really get into
0: they're not as catchy they're a little slower but I still like them yeah no same here and Stars of Track and Field is one that that definitely grew on me which I was not a fan of the first listen Um, But yeah, the whole, the whole album's worth listening to, I think. Um, And, and then you can explore from there. I mean, I think they kind of, you know, they kind of, for me, lost their way a little in, in the last two or three albums. Um, I still like them, but they're not, they're not up to their earlier stuff.
1: Yeah, I think with with like the early stuff there are EPs and this album every song in this album is good but then the, the later stuff there there's like five or six really good songs and the rest are like yeah
0: yeah yeah and um. there's
1: i don't think the later stuff has one song that one song like get me away from here i'm dying which is just like
0: gold plus best on the album best ever yeah no they they have they're, good songs on right. the, on the later like i albums, like Mike but...
1: Piazza New York catcher and i like uh what's that there's one about working i forget the. i like those songs but they're, they're not as good as the early stuff i just really like them
0: yeah yeah no i agree but uh but still i mean i'll still buy whatever they put out I mm-hmm. i haven't bought they have something out now that i haven't i haven't listened to and i haven't gotten it's like
1: i guess it's not them singing it's selections of their favorite tracks of by other people
0: oh yeah it's one of those like uh what Midnight Tales or whatever they call them yeah yeah, yeah yeah I don't know if that's worth getting Late Night Tales Late Night Tales yeah um, well I mean it's just like a mix of stuff they like you know Right. I, I think yeah. it's cool it's the, I think it's bunch, neat that they do it yeah Yeah, a bunch of artists have done those series and I, I like listening to them um, but yeah Bill and Sebastian uh, Bill and Sebastian over Nick Drake I guess I don't know you can't really it's not a versus thing like we always say it is a versus thing Oh, so and you say Bell and Sebastian take it? Yeah, it really isn't the first thing, but yeah, Bell and Sebastian wins. Yeah, I like I like them both. I mean, it's kind of, Nick Drake's a slightly different mood for me than uh, Bell and Sebastian, you know? Mm-hmm. If I, if I want to listen. I can kind of listen to Bell and Sebastian anytime. time, where Nick Drake, I'm like, oh, Nick Drake sounds like it would be good right now.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, c- I can hear that. that I, yeah, I can't think of a situation where Bell and Sebastian wouldn't make me happy, but Nick and, Nick Drake might be, if I'm a little down, I don't think I want to listen to Nick
0: Drake. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I don't know. So Bell and Sebastian had uh, a member Isabel Campbell for the first three albums or so, um, and I don't know why she left. Do you? Was there? Did you ever I got, hear anything? I got the idea that she broke up with Stuart. Murdoch. They were dating. That was what I kind of had heard, but I didn't know if it was true.
1: Yeah, and that and I don't and it was I don't know if it was that it was the only reason or if she just went because she did a solo album that was really good. Yeah, but but really kind of super mellow. And then she, I think she's in another band. I forget the name of it, though.
0: Well, she's done some stuff with uh, Mark Lanigan, the dude from Screaming Trees. Uh, a couple albums with him. She was in The Gentle Waves. Was uh... Gentle Waves. Okay. Yeah. yeah, That was the one I was trying to think of. That was good. I, I like their stuff, too. Yeah, they were, it was just very Bell and Sebastian-ish. Yeah. Um, I like her. She's got that little girl voice. Um, but, you know, she kind of writes some tough lyrics, too. So I, I like that juxtaposition. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it, they they were still good
1: after she left. I was surprised that they were able to have output that was so good because she wa- she is a big part of their sound. But the other woman, whose name I forget, is good too. Yeah,
0: she is. I mean, they basically she's taken over uh, Isabel Campbell's parts, singing mm-hmm. parts um, now. But do, lo- on the live stuff, um, yeah, I, I remember uh, on uh, Sarah Martin. Yeah, cool. Sarah Martin on the song uh, "I'm a Cuckoo." Yeah, they they have the line. We Lost a Singer to Her Clothes, um, which seemed like a jab at her, like she was shallow or something. I, I don't know. I didn't quite get it. I, it seemed strange, especially if he'd been dating her. Too. Yeah, there, and I I think there was a, something similar in one of her songs. that was a jab at him. I don't remember
1: exactly, but I remember reading about that at the time.
0: Well, uh, it's hard to date somebody you're in a band with. That usually doesn't work out. Uh, yeah. I, there was apparently a, a
1: documentary about bell
0: and sebastian or pitchfork, pitchfork
1: that was supposed to be good i never watched it oh i didn't even know about it yeah it it, it i know in the beginning i start. i watched like the first 10 minutes of it and i had to do something else and i forgot but uh they met at a not everybody but the main two guys stewart and i forget the other guy's name i think the two stewarts and one other guy met at a at some kind of camp like not a camp but a, they're in scotland they had uh struggling artists were able to live at this place and get together to, to put music together, create their art. And that's, that's how they met like this really kind of communist thing. And it sounded a lot of neat. Oh yeah. That's, I mean, cause it was during a time when, when, uh, there was a lot of unemployment. So they, they put this together to help these people out and it turned out to create Bell and Sebastian, which is awesome.
0: Yeah. That's really cool. I think, uh, well, I was just thinking of, uh, Going back to um, uh, fucking Nick Drake, I'd mentioned uh, Fairport Convention and Richard Thompson. And and talking about breakups, uh, Richard and Linda Thompson, who were married um, and then got divorced, an album you should check out if you haven't is Shoot Out the Lights, which is an album they made while they were going through the divorce. Oh, my. And uh, the lyrics are about going through the divorce, and he makes he writes lyrics for her to sing that it just kind of makes you cringe to listen to the album knowing knowing the context of it all. Um, Why
1: would she sing those lyrics? Yeah,
0: but it's still still a good album. I think they even toured that album afterwards. But yeah. Um, Anyway, uh, recommendations time, I guess. Yes, I would recommend... Oh, excuse me.
1: (coughs) Sorry, I had to cough. Yeah, we Um, all heard it. Oh, I thought I had the mute on. Damn it. Um. Oh, recommendation. I will recommend Orange Is the New Black. Uh, first season of that has been out on Netflix for a long time, and I finally watched it this week. And I thought it was very funny, very thoughtful, and well put together. Each episode kind of tells the story of one of the prisoners and how they got there. And there's the main character, and she's the overriding story of the the whole the whole show. And it's I've enjoyed it so far.
0: Yeah, I think uh, the acting overall is really good. Uh, like I said, you offer, I, I think the main actress is definitely the weak link in that show. Um, and her character is kind of just annoying, too. I, I think she's not a great actress, and and her character is is kind of detestable. So it that's my only problem with it, but I like the series. And I was, I think, I mean, well, this is old news now, and everybody knows it. But I was shocked to find out that the uh, cook was Janeway from... Uh, Star Trek, whatever the hell it was. <laughs> yeah, Deep Space Nine, I didn't Voyager.
1: know. You know, i I watched the show. This, as I said this week, and I didn't even know she was in the show. And I saw her name in the credits. I was like, "What?" So it was, it was neat to. And she does a great job. She's awesome in the show.
0: Yeah. Oh, I think pretty much everybody's good. The, uh, the uh, transgendered. Oh man, she's really good. Really good. Yeah. Um, and the, even what crazy eyes is that the character's name? I'm trying to <laughs> Is is really good at. At pulling that off, yeah, it's it's really well acted and and fun. And my little uh, problem with the the main actress is not enough to, uh, for me to say that people shouldn't watch it. They definitely should.
1: I don't have much of a problem with the main actress, but I I do think that the character is detestable on purpose. It's not like they thought, oh, this is a character everyone's going to love.
0: Oh, definitely. But I think I think the thing that happened with the Sopranos and and you know Breaking Bad, with the whole idea of the antihero as um, as the main character has it's, it's tricky to pull off. And I don't think it works in this case, just because I ended up just not liking her. Like I did, I did not feel sympathetic for her. Like I did for Tony Soprano or,
1: Oh, I feel sympathetic for her, but I also realize that she's kind of a jerk, but everybody in the prison, you kind of have sympathy for them, but you see why they got there and you kind of take it away a little bit. The only people I don't feel sympathy for are the guards so far.
0: No. And Oh well, God damn it, Pat. Yeah, you said you started watching The Wire, so finish watching it because uh, oh, is the guy the must porn mustache? stash is from The Wire, and and uh,
1: he's also Liv Schreiber's half brother.
0: Oh yeah, I think I did not know that. That's weird. It's just weird. Yeah, it is weird. But he was Nicky in season two of The Wire, and I also didn't recognize him in this, even though the only difference is he has a mustache. <laughs> um, takes. Yeah, but yeah, he's he's great. It's a it's a good show. It's it's definitely worth getting Netflix.
1: And judging from that '70s show, you wouldn't expect—I uh, forget her—the the Laurie Pippin or whatever her name is. to be yeah. such a good
0: actress, because she's very good in the show. Yeah, no, she yeah, she's really good too. Uh, really, everybody is good in this. It's it's phenomenal acting. Um, It's—I've said this about
1: um, the the other Netflix shows. That it's really neat how how good a job Netflix
0: is doing. They're kind of turning into another HBO. Yeah, and Amazon's trying to get into it now, although they're just doing pilots and having people vote on them. Yeah, and uh, I, I haven't watched any, but I've heard nothing about bad things. Oh, really? I there's a new one with Jeffrey Tambor that um, is supposed to be promising, and I know they did one with John Goodman. But yeah, I haven't watched any of them either. Um, but
1: yeah, but, I mean, I mean,
0: just the way they're doing it—they're if they're making people vote on them. They're not
1: really—it doesn't seem like they're having the same kind of dedication. Have
0: faith in them. Yeah. No, definitely. House of Cards and uh, Orange is the New Black are very cool. I haven't seen the Ricky Gervais one, but that's not really a Netflix original, I guess. It was done in Britain, and they just bought the rights. Oh,
1: I didn't know that. I didn't. I thought it was a Netflix original.
0: Yeah, no, I think they just licensed it here.
1: Um, yeah, I haven't watched that either. Yeah, House of Cards and Rest of Development in this are the only three I've watched. I mean, of course, Rest of
0: Development's Development the third season, but still very good. The... My recommendation is um I don't know well well, she's dead, but I don't know if you ever read her pauline Kael, film critic i've I've read some reviews that she's yes i've read I've, I've, she has a, a a lot of famous quotes yeah she's, yeah i I've been there's there's like some collections that kind of um, excerpt her reviews, but I've been buying used um her the books that contain her full reviews and uh she's a fantastic film critic and very quotable, like you said, I'm sure, you know, there are a lot of famous quotes from her. Um, but you can, you can find her used stuff for like, you know, 50 cents on Amazon. Um, Oh, that's cool. And you know, they, they go by, by year. So, um, you know, one book will cover like 70 to 73 and then her next one will be her collections of her reviews from 74 to 76 or whatever. So it's really, it's really cool to see all the, the movies, uh, that came out in those years too Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. to uh to read her take on things um so i that's my recommendation is is get some pauline kale stuff she's not not any critics really around like her nowadays um especially for film was she the critic for the new york times or the new yorker i think it was the new yorker okay um but yeah i could be wrong or maybe it was both yeah, yeah anything with new york in the title she'd write for yeah yeah
1: new york review of books sure i'll write some film review new york review of smut sure i'll like write some film review
0: yeah yeah she was just the new york film critic for for the city of new york um so so the, yeah she, that's my she ripped apart david dinkins Did, yeah was she was she around for dinkins i don't i don't know quite when she died um yeah, she she had some controversial stuff. Like I know uh, Shoah, that eight-hour documentary on the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. Um, she had bad things to say about, it, and I think she took some crap for that. One of the funny things that I read of hers was a review of Ghostbusters Two, and she started out by saying how much better it was than the first one. So, wow, she was all, obviously not always on target, but um, <laughs> but she is very incisive and and worth reading. Um, so yeah, that's my recommendation. That's a good one. I I don't
1: have another recommendation, but I, I have started listening to um, Improv for Humans. Oh the yeah, podcast. the podcast with Matt. Very Besser. Very funny. Yeah, I, Matt Besser is probably the weakest link, but
0: whoever they have one is usually very funny. I will check that out. I actually I think I've I've got some on my iPod that I just haven't listened to. So I
1: listened to it because I listened to an episode of. Um, comedy bang bang where lauren Lupkis i think her name is yeah lauren who Lupus. was on orange is a new black yes yeah. so it all came together she was on there and she she was uh with uh, david allen greer and she was portraying the, the the singer who created the theme song for america's funniest
0: videos oh yes I, and I it heard was that.
1: really funny so i really liked her and um then i saw her in orange is a new black and she's kind of just in it she's not it's, it doesn't have a big part no yeah but it just led me to, to look the Look at the other podcasts because they mentioned at the end of the show other stuff she's done. And I was like, I'll try out for the improv for humans. And the one I listened to, she was on it, and she was great on it. So it's 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 fun. It's a, a fun show.
0: Cool. Yeah, I'll I'll check that out. Um, anything exciting going on? I, not not here. I guess uh, I guess shit's going down in the Ukraine. But uh, let's not even talk about that. Uh, anything? We might get shut on? down. We what? yeah, power P- Putin might might come in. Uh, anything going on with you, Pat? Nothing exciting. All right. Well, let's end this podcast on a true anticlimactic note then. And uh, next time, well, we should talk about next time. Yes, we're we should. Exciting,
1: a very exciting special guest, fan of the show, and uh, we're going to be
0: re- uh, watching Twilight Zone and X Files and talking about it with her. So Jessica, yes, Jessica um, is her name. And, uh, I'm, and I'm looking video, forward to Idiots it. is going to be her game. <laughs> and, uh, well, I'm not going to say it. Um, she'll, she'll do fine. She knows what to expect from this show. Um, so I'm sure she'll bring her C game. Like we always do. Yes. Um, one episode I brought my D game and that I paid for it the next day. Yeah. I, I actually once brought my F game and it wasn't really that noticeably different, but yeah, that that's going to be fun. I look forward to talking to an actual fan. Um, not like my friends at the office who I pay to come on with, uh, by buying them lunch. So, uh, that will be exciting. So look forward to that next week. Uh, X files versus twilight zone. Tell your friends about the show. Rate us highly on iTunes. Uh, write to
1: us at pop culture, continue, continue at gmail.com and like us on Facebook.
0: And, also, take a little time to appreciate yourself. That's my message to the world. I'm talking about masturbation, of course. Until next time, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.
3: Right?